that's what twilight did mm-hmm. <laughs> this is, welcome this is, to part two <laughs> <laughs> this is our breaking dawn part one and part two. Oh no something is breaking that's of for all sure. <laughs> of all the examples you could use of the part twos you've got infinity war and endgame you've got uh mission impossible is gonna do it hunger you, games Mocking hunger Day. games harry potter you choose twilight breaking twilight down. did it first it's not wednesday night. it's still wednesday night um ah. and it, we are still not at rachel's house but uh, it is still Star Wars, Star Formers Night. Gosh, this is actually recorded well after our two-hour section. This is the intro for part two of this episode, um, and we'll just go right into it. I hope you guys enjoy. So we've got. Oh, I don't even have the episode written down here. What's the name of the next episode? The Pit. The Pit. Oh, The Pit. Yes, lots of uh, Dark Knight Rises jokes um, around this episode. Yes, I have this actually. So all of the notes I took were just uh, helping me remember what style of animation, and I wrote ah. Attack on Titan animation. Yeah, that's that's true. So yeah. this was animated by is this Trigger Fish. That's no, the last one. No, this is the art. Man, I'm gonna totally butcher this. Shitajio, S H T A J I O. Not a clue. Shitajio. That sounds about right. Thank you. Uh, worked on. 2020's Pokemon the movie Secrets of the Jungle. Uh, oh. Indigo Ignited. I see it. I, yep. Yep. Uh, yep. That makes sense. The Castlevania show that I believe is on Netflix. Oh, yeah. That, that makes, makes Yep. Sense. Oh. Okay, um, so I'll check it out. <laughs> one of the, I, the... There was like a collection of anime... It's very similar to Visions. There was something for the boys. Uh, Amazon superhero show. That was a series of animated shorts. They did one for that called Nubian versus Nubian um and they worked on an anime called high school dxd so very much grounded in this uh 2d animated uh anime style and rachel do you have a recap yeah so it starts off with a group of stormtroopers leading a group of prisoners into the desert um they the troopers get to the location they wanted to do and they just tell them to start digging they give them pickaxes and they start um uh bringing in more prisoners and they just start digging this hole into the ground yeah there's like a montage sequence yeah i think which is my favorite part of the episode is... yeah it's really well mm. done where we see the yeah. pit getting bigger and bigger all the vehicles moving around it and the city in the background going up yes starting up from nothing until and uh before the before the montage starts they've so they've dug a decent amount and a girl finds Something hard that her pickaxe doesn't break, not a rock. She picks it up. Context clues. It's a kyber crystal. There's only like, in Star Wars, there's only one thing you can pick up out of the ground. That's crystal. <laughs> <laughs> and it's pr- it, nine times out of 10, it's going to be a kyber crystal. Um, there's a lot of kyber crystal content in Visions. I have a lot of say. kyber crystal <laughs> content in Star Wars. Um, so I guess every show needs you play, you, you play Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, that's true. Um, but so they, they can find Kyber crystals there. And so then they start digging. The hole gets bigger. The city gets built. Um, finally they hit the bottom, like bedrock or something. Their pickaxe <laughs> start really breaking. hit bedrock. It is like Minecraft. And so they're like, <laughs> and the stormtroopers go, 
oh, we're done here. Everyone's excited. And the stormtroopers pack up and leave these this 200 people in the pit with no way out. Yeah, the stormtroopers for reference are at the, they're at the very edge of the pit. They have all these, you know, they just somehow they're watching them from the very edge of the yeah. pit. So they all just pack up and fly away. Well, actually, the one guy had binoculars. Yes, exactly. So. And I guess they were mostly there just to make sure people didn't get out of the pit. Yeah, so they pack up and leave. And so there's this kind of like despair going around in our main character, a young man named Crux. Um, he's he's like, we have to get out. And all the older people around him are like, no, we're not getting out. There's no way. And he's like, I, I'm, we're going to get out. I'm going to climb that wall if I have to. And so he has a really nice, like, uh, moment with his sister um whose name i didn't catch um where he said that it's 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 a light and dark combo that's prevalent in many star wars Mm -hmm. where he talks about you know he and he gives her a crystal and he goes there's light in all of us we just have to follow it um so he ends up climbing the wall um he kind of gets to a standstill about three quarters of the way up where he can't go any higher and this creature we saw before that looks like a very familiar creature from Avatar The Last Airbender. Yeah, he's like a little rock badger guy. You know, I was like, oh, there we go. More earthbending. Yeah. He's waiting for Toph to show up. Yeah. <laughs> this little rock badger looking thing um, starts, kind of pops out of the wall where he's at and starts making handholds and footholds for him to get to the top of the wall. He gets up, he co- goes into the city and he starts trying to ask for help. And this city is luxe. Um, it really felt like that season, that that episode, that chapter 21 for Mandalorian season three, where we see um, Jack Black and Lizzo as the leaders sure. of the, it's very mm-hmm. luxe, mm-hmm. very high class. Like these people are well-dressed, pristine city in this desert. And so he goes around trying to ask for help and they all ignore him. And so finally he kind of hops up on a podium because he sees this tower Um with ha- has like a stained glass thing that's made out of kyber crystals. So he gets up and he gets everyone's attention and he goes, your city was built by us. We are trapped out there in this pit outside of town. Um, the stormtrooper, the stormtroopers kind of descend on him. And so we hear, uh, we should say too, that his delivery makes it sound like he said, we built this city. And so yeah. we all, <laughs> of course. Uh, yeah. Um, and so we kind of hear the crowd like, shocked there's one there's one crowd that there's one lady that very specific because he goes we have children down there and one lady very you hear go children and so the stormtroopers come in they're like ah don't listen to him and he crux makes a run for it and you hear the townspeople asking what's going on they're like what what is he talking about um and the stormtroopers like don't worry about it they end up capturing crux they stun him and they do very reminiscent of uh, episode four i was like oh look at them using the stunner again yeah so they (laughs) stun him um which ultimately it probably would have been better if they just shot him yeah probably i mean the same result in the end Uh, i was gonna say before we get there though i'm I'm wondering if the stunner has a better hit rate than the actual uh laser blast um as we how many times we've seen it on screen well as we've seen it i think the stun gets bigger because it's a circle it's, it's at least got more surface volume, like more volume when tor- being shot towards a target. I'm saying if I was the Empire, I would just have all of them on stunners. I mean, they go down anyways. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you are way more accurate if you have stunners on. I'm, yeah. I'm saying it's a different game yeah. altogether. Um, so we see the troopers taking Crux out to the desert and 
Crocs wakes up and they are standing at the edge of the hole. Um, and they swing him. And I think this is actually the worst part. He's a lot. Like, he's awake. Yes. And they throw him back into the pit. And at this point, I've seen a few episodes of Vision and I've seen some people falling and I'm like, oh, he's going to get saved by the force. They always get yeah, saved by the force. Yeah, someone's going to catch him. And no, he just got amazing Spider-Man tooed. He really did. <laughs> Gwen oh, Stacy. no. And so we, we never actually really, we don't see the impact. We don't no. see it. But we see all the people standing around him and this young girl who's his sister and his mother, um, I believe. Um, yeah. Yes. She pushes through the, it, I thought it was really well done. Like, she pushes through the crowd and like right as she gets to see him, you know, her mom grabs her back and, you know, immediately someone goes, we see his feet. Um, someone goes and covers him and kind of like rather emotional moment of, oh my gosh, they, they just horribly, brutally killed this young man. Um, like not even an execution, just toss him to fall. What? 200 feet mm-hmm. i don't know how i don't know i'm not good at judging distance whatever um, the feet equivalent is in uh, parsecs yeah or whatever they use in star wars <laughs> and midichlorians whatever they use in midichlorians um, <laughs> but so bras a, i believe i think they use bras <laughs> as a the measurement uh so anyways um <laughs> then it'd be cups it would be cups um anyways so we see you know very emotional moment between his crux's sister and mother um and so his sister remembers what he says were follow the light and she goes we need to get them we need to get them to follow light them meaning the city and so she starts to chant follow the light and then they all chant follow the light all chant follow the light and then we see the whole city come out with lamps towards the pit um the stormtroopers are mobilizing because, I mean, there's like, what, 15 stormtroopers against, what, 300 townspeople? Oh, they could, yeah. I don't even think there was that much. I thought it was six. I think I counted. It was, okay, like, you know, mob mentality would win every time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the commander saying, you know, we'll open fire. And these people are, are, they're demanding to know what's going on. And finally, they end up pushing back against the stormtroopers, just pushing through them. The troopers don't open fire. The commander says, we got to go. They Which is interesting that it didn't go that dark. This, this, and I, I guess I'll let you finish before I make this full comment. But there's a lot of moments in this episode where I was like, "Oh, they're going to go very dark in this episode." I was like, oh, "No, I guess they're not." I think because sometimes, <sighs> when it comes to PR, the Empire has no problem dealing with rebels, with prisoners. They're nothing to them. But when it comes to staying in the good graces of these what we saw very high class people was it possibly a thing where they were like uh we'll just cut our losses and go or maybe they just nuke the city in a year i don't know with the death <laughs> star but um, i think you mean a mining accident unfortunate uh, mining accident. Uh, you know that's yeah exactly it would all be a mining accident they built a pit and then it collapsed and somehow the whole city collapsed with it anyways um it's that civil engineering that's so, always telling us so they rescue all the people um and they're being flown out somewhere i don't think they were flying them to the city yeah i don't know where they get flown <laughs> they were flying them somewhere i i but we should make that comment. but i was like oh look they found a working class <laughs> They all listen they all look pretty bougie in their outfits and i'm just like i don't know how you're gonna sustain the city seem i don't very know one percent they really did um but so 
uh, Crax's sister and her and mom, they're on the ship together, and she pulls out the crystal that uh, Crux gave her, and actually, and the crystal is actually very dull. And the sun catches it, and the dullness goes away and reveals it is a bright blue kyber crystal. I feel like for the most part, that part was lost. I did not understand at all what that what that meant. Follow the light. The light touched it, so it kind of fixed. Uh, yeah, I start no visual storytelling but either way um that's where it and it's almost like yeah the light activated it and her in a way so yeah i it like most of the episode it didn't land very much with me i, I didn't i didn't get it. it it felt like a very muted and the whole episode like its impact on me but maybe mm. that was just me being uh cold and callous it, it sounds like callous no this we i <laughs> gave you like 15 minutes to describe an episode last week you got your callous time um i saw what this episode was going for i thought it was admirable very well animated as i'm sitting here like scrolling through it like it is a very like there's a sheer quantity of people in this episode yes. like individual unique people that's yes. a lot of work in 2d animation they don't even do that in the fully funded clone wars or mm-hmm. bad batch they reuse yeah. people um and also so fun fact um now uh crux not to be confused with hux crux uh played by david diggs from- oh my gosh oh my gosh okay i almost looked him up i when susie started listening when he started his speech to the city people i was thinking that's David Diggs. I've listened to Hamilton enough. I really thought, I'm like, that sounds like David Diggs. And then um, the Stormtroopers are played by Steve Blum, who is the voice of Zeb and a lot of a very famous voice actor. And also Matthew Wood. Um, a... Steve Blum also voices Starscream in Transformers Prime. There you go. You're welcome. Uh, Matthew Wood um, is primarily a sound uh, department guy. And because he worked on the sound department, he is the voice of general grievous and the battle droids oh, great. <laughs> uh, but yeah i i i just felt like this episode i often praise science fiction for going with very um current political issues or long-standing political issues that's 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 built into science fiction you see that a lot especially in like short form science fiction often goes there but this is one I feel like is relying too heavily on like, oh well, you know if we, it if we do a slave allegory, people are inherently interested in that. Like it, I think it's playing on things that like, because they're heavy subjects, because they are things that are worth talking about. That you don't need a lot else. But like, I don't feel like there's a moment in this show, this this short, where you really connect with the characters like or really like obviously it's sad like you explain this all out literally if you told me this was a real story i'd be like oh yeah that is both very heartbreaking and very inspiring but it's not it's this fantasy world and it's like kind of playing with the idea of like voicing your concerns and it takes a lot of people voicing their concerns together and then like you have to listen to solve the problem like yes it's like doing all these things that like on paper yes this works this is good metaphor this is good but like it just there's something missing narratively to like really drive it home and it go ahead rachel i was gonna say we do we do see that similar um storyline in canto bite in the last jedi an entire upper class of people that Mm -hmm. 
if anything, profit off the war. And they're kind of like, what war? Mm-hmm. It doesn't touch them, so therefore it's not existing. To the, it's whatever. It's just... Nah, it's and, and that works really well because that serves to teach... It, it, it explains who Rose is and why she fights. And it serves... And obviously, for a lot of people right now, they would sit here and say, that's a terrible example. That, that's another example of someone doing it poorly. I like the Cantobite sequence because it teaches... It helps... Finn, learn a lesson. We're in the household that praises the Cantabites. <laughs> yeah, we are. And so Shout out to I, I do think that's a that. good example of something like this. It's very on the nose. Like Star Wars is very, uh, very rarely subtle. So I don't, I don't knock something for being obvious and like being very it's forward like what it's about. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but that, that all serves to teach Finn a, a lesson. A character we know and we like and we want to see him be the hero that we hope he will be. This... Like, it's kind of sad that a character dies. Uh, obviously, uh, Caleb talked about how you just assume he's going to somehow survive the, the fall. Um, and, like, that's the tragic that he doesn't survive. Like, yeah, that was a genuine that was a genuine twist in, in Visions. Yeah, not intentionally, because none of these studios are collaborating. But, like, that yeah. was a genuine twist that someone doesn't survive a fall mm-hmm. in the story. Well, just in a, I mean, theoretically. Star Wars characters rarely die from falling <laughs> anyways. Theoretically, a Star Wars thing that the animated is somewhat intended for children. I'm not saying it has to be, but like theoretically, who's going to be the majority of people potentially watching this on accident on Disney plus it's children. So in a children adjacent piece of media, um, a, a, a character actually dying is, is surprising. Um, outside of a bad guy. Yeah, correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a- absolutely. Um, I, and go ahead. I was just saying, I'm a sucker for Star Wars content where it's normal people rising against the Empire. It wasn't, you know, to the same level of Andor, mm-hmm. but it kind of gave me similar, similar mm-hmm. feelings. And again, Andor really makes you feel for that town. We spend mm-hmm. a lot of time in that town. Granted, that's 12 episodes versus oh, absolutely. 15 minutes. 100%. But like, there are so many examples of, I mean, like... Even um, the earlier episode, I am really terrible with the episode names. In the stars? Um, yes. Very quickly makes you care about those characters. Like, really quickly mm-hmm. establishes who they are, what their culture is kind of like, and it just, like, gives them a reason. Like, that, that story, that, and that's, that's, that's even that more heavy-handed story. for you guys later on when we do our rankings. Is it, oh, no. no. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that controversy. Anyways, we can move on. I just, like, I don't have anything really specific to criticize this episode. I think it's good. I think a lot of heart went into it and a lot of care. Um, it just ultimately, I, I think, especially retroactively, the last episode makes me like it's so good that it like makes me look a little bit farther down on these two episodes. But like, I'm glad all nine exist. Like, in order to have something like this, you're gonna have ones that are better than others, and I'm glad they all exist. Um, so moving on to our final episode for today, uh, how did they pronounce her name? Oh. Aru's um, song. Um, um, it both a lot happens in this and not so much. Effectively, um, you have this planet with Kyber crystals that all got uh, corrupted by the dark side, so they're all red crystals. And you have Jedi working to try to restore them to how they were. So you have this civilization of what we described as teddy bear people. It is a um, very fluffy it's, episode. It's- the ama- like I said earlier when we watched it, the amazing world of Gumball and its consequences. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is there the, are there individual episodes of 
world of gumball that are 3d animation oh yeah it's, it's a ton of animation. it's a ton of mixed media okay. yes that's what there's, i was thinking there's there's a ton oh, you know of what? mixed media episodes i'm totally wrong when you said gumball my brain totally went to chowder for some reason <laughs> so i was like what are you guys talking about <laughs> yes absolutely i totally understand this is not a mixed media episode in the same world gumball is but it appears to look like like felt stop motion mm-hmm. yes when it's all entirely cgi oh. uh 3d animated cgi and um so they are like blue teddy bear people and they mine these crystals that's their job and this young character is is told to stay away from the crystals because she has some sort of reaction to them they or they have a reaction to her and there's an incredible moment when she first sees the first crystal of the episode is you, they become isolated you see just her and just the crystal with blue light swirling around her and red light swirling around the crystal um the jedi that is visiting them recognizes that she has power and that she could um well this is actually what i was about to say is later in the episode her dad goes to town to he tells her to you know she needs to stay hidden and and stay quiet and not quote unquote sing her song and uh that the, the crystals are too dangerous to be near her he goes off in town to to go work in the mines she yearns for the mines but she's not allowed to be in the mines <laughs> Uh, she goes about town um, and eventually finds it too, uh, uh, it's too much of a temptation. She goes into the mines and is drawn there. And then she enters an entire cave yeah. of all red kyber crystals. Yeah. And they start to uh, react to her. They sing. They sing, yeah. Her dad pulls her out. The, the entire mountain is crumbling and that, because of her interaction with the kyber crystals. yeah yeah supposedly and she uh while they're crossing a bridge the bridge collapses they both fall into a chasm the jedi saves them that um we see the jedi earlier yes receiving a crystal from mm-hmm. her father who minds them and we should note that in a uh one of, one of the themes of tonight's viewing was fall damage and this jedi is immune <laughs> to fall damage there's Absolutely. no fall damage she is and um, she is prevent. She's using the force to prevent all the the debris from falling on them in a very visually spectacular moment. And then Arus steps to the side and sings her song out loud. And it just we now see the kind of again. She's totally isolated. We can see all the crystals in the mountain, and she just like sends this wave out that makes them all blue again. And Caleb, what was your comment in this moment? <laughs> she made this whole planet's production just so much more efficient. <laughs> yeah, she destabilized. <laughs> she, she destabilized. She just put everyone out of jobs. I, well, I don't know. I think most of them were just mining, so like it oh, becomes true. easier. They can yeah. like they just have to. Mine. She put There's... every Jedi on that planet out of a job. That's true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wildly economically efficient, made the capitalists very happy on that planet. <laughs> And um, in a sequence, in a final sequence, very similar to a lot of other Visions episodes, the Jedi says, you have a great power, but you need to be trained. I can take you with me. Um, and she says, I'll be leaving in a fortnight and you can make your decision. And that's where the episode ends. Well, she uh, makes her decision to go. Oh, she does. No, oh, that- it, it ends um, with her saying, consider it. I will be leaving in a fortnight. No, we see a scene of her with her dad uh, afterwards. I forgot about that. And we that. have That's just the bad. fluffiest hug you can possibly make. I totally forgot her. about that. That's my fault. In fact, I'd even nominate this dad for like going to the dad barbecue that Megan and I are creating for all the good dads in cinema. <laughs> uh-huh. You're not, you're not, uh... oh shoot, I was going to make an invincible joke. Oh, no, no, no. You're he's not, not bringing not. him. <laughs> no, no. 
He's not invited. What's his name? Ultraman? No. Uh, Ultraman. No, that's a... Superior? Why did I think... Lake Superior. Superior. Lake Erie, yeah. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Why did I think Mega Man? <laughs> Ultraman, I think, is another knockout. That's another kaiju movie, isn't it? Uh, oh, you're right. That's a kaiju series. Which I was going to make one of those... Ki- I was going to make... Um, how what, what a really old kaiju Godzilla is canonically a dad Omni Man Omni Man you just saw that pop up on my screen <laughs> Omni Man yeah what so this episode rules I think yes it absolutely does. phenomenal um, I think what I realized watching this is the issue with hyper realism is what it's playing upon is our computer's incredible ability to create really good textures but then. I think a lot of animation is still trying to figure out how to actually animate the characters with those textures. And oftentimes you get something like Shrek that's just very unappealing to look at. It's very difficult to squash and stretch humans when we don't move like that. But this, what this has decided to do instead, we're going to take the look of stop motion and use incredibly realistic textures on animated characters to make them look like stop motion characters, instead, which has been used a lot. But this is the first time I've really fully clicked in my brain of that's an incredible use of realistic textures what i talked about in an earlier episode um in the stars when we talked about that is that st- i like stop motion a lot because you have real lighting and real textures well this is doing an incredible job of recreating real light and textures with cgi is the first time she speaks this episode when she calls for her father when he's falling abby i don't believe or does so. she say something to him when when they're in town Oh, no, she's, um, she talks to him during the breakfast sequence. Oh, I forgot. Ooh, and I made a comment there that made me crave <sighs> some potato soup. That was uh, <laughs> too slurpy for Rachel, but it was just Ugh. slurpy enough for the It was just like, I hate that. It was good. It was good. It was making me be <laughs> like, Ooh. Me nah, I, I, I enjoyed it. I appreciate it. But as I was saying, these realistic textures, realistic lighting, and but then a more, instead of going with realistic design, more cartoony design, uh, much more they're very, the characters are very likable i think they're very fun to look at they're very well designed they all have instant personality when you look at them because you know they have very big eyes they have very uh accentuated features i did not realize uh, another story note is i you're kind of getting to her voice she's wearing this like collar thing the whole mm-hmm. episode and she takes it off right as she sings for the mm-hmm. first time and i had not really thought about that character design you choice see, until that moment you see her pull it up and down a lot yeah, yeah. She i had not really thought episode. about it it's very subtle i like it um so her main weapon against the sith um is going to be singing and her voice is just going to viscerally rip them to shreds a la captain blackbeard at the end of pirates of the caribbean 4 sorry when nope, he gets I haven't seen it. no it's all we need to leave the, the space longer <laughs> oh <laughs> She's, she's just gonna they're gonna be like wow look at this cute little jedi she can't be a threat and she sings and just oh it's like a black bolt oh yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think you mean blackagon what is his name boltagon balthazar something like that is his full name anyways i was trying to make a dumb joke bakugan well this is much better content than uh the doctor strange movie anyway so baklava you have clearly never actually seen the show that black bolt came from no. If you had seen that, you would. You oh, would I'm think, not. I'm not throwing shade at Black Bolt. I'm just throwing shade at. Oh, he the deserves the show. He is you from. Should, you throw shade at him. He deserves the it. Immortals. Sam Raimi specifically. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I love that car crash. I think it is the most interesting car crash. It's Marvel certainly has a train out. wreck. <laughs> anyway, so we got great character design, um, solid storytelling. 
I think it's very straightforward, but it's it's told visually uh, with really interesting animation choices, like uh, isolating her and the uh, the kyber crystals. Um, anything else you guys liked or disliked in this episode? Oh, it's fine. Oh, we've no, got the it. um. That was very good. The little tick guys. Yeah. Louse. The, okay. the lice. No, the different lice are parasites. I guess you could technically make the argument they might be both parasites, think, but louse that... are not lice. They are not the same. Well, but they look like ticks, though, because well, I mean, like a louse, a louse is a but more. But they're not long... lice. Like the subtitles called them louses, but that doesn't. Oh, did it? I thought it called also, them lice. Whoops. Louse is a common name for any member. They're the same thing. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Louse and lice. Yeah, yes. isn't really? lice the plural of louse? It is. Ha! Can we cut the last five minutes? <laughs> <laughs> Leave it in and double it. No. <laughs> I'll double it later when I mm. when I speed it up. <laughs> yeah, Laos is singular. No, I think Lice the only thing adorable. I would add to that comment is that everything on this world is adorable. Even even the, the even the parasites. Even the yes. parasites are like, oh no, I, I wouldn't mind. I'd give them a hug. Agreed. Um, it's just a very sweet world, and and uh, yeah, I love, I love the world that it, it builds. So I yeah, the uh, Laos sang to her too. They did. There's a lot of, it's a very it's a very wholesome. Uh, when oh. she pulls it off, she's humming to it, and it yeah. kind of chitters, like you, like I don't know, squeaks in response in harmony or whatever. And she puts it down, and it scuttles away between the rocks. Can you imagine stepping on one of those things? Would that not be like the worst? Well, it's like the size of your foot. It's those exactly. Are huge. Imagine the noise. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the snap that heard around crunch. the world. Oh my god. Rachel, you couldn't be a Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Yeah, look at these things. These like so. There's like these like big like what do you, like like bovine sort of characters, and they got like pug faces. Like they're yeah, very, yeah. <sighs> this great, incredible character. And the Sith were on this planet at one point. Yeah, <laughs> that was what I said. I was like, it just like it kept getting cuter and cuter. I just said it's gonna be really sad when the Sith show up and kill everyone at the end of this episode. <laughs> the Sith resurgence. We have Darth Vader walk through the hallway and just <laughs> massacre everyone again. <laughs> it's a long hallway. <laughs> it's a long hallway. <laughs> All right. You guys ready to do rankings? Yes. yes. All right. Start with number nine. What's your least favorite? Rachel. Okay. So for con for context, there aren't any that I like hate. There aren't any I dislike. There are ones I love and ones I think I'm like, yeah, they're fine. Yeah. I think about the same way. So I have episode five into the dark head visually stunning just didn't do it for me narratively just to make sure journey to the dark head oh yeah right? sorry yeah close enough absolutely uh caleb what do you got for um i i have the pit actually the pit it just didn't land with me mm. fair enough um and i have bandits of golan mm. i go luck uh what was it go luck go luck i must have created something interesting go luck um worthy attempt i think just didn't come together for me Number eight, Rachel. Sith. Which was... First episode. The very first one. That one's really high for me. Why? What did you not like about it? I think there were just others that I liked narratively. Mm, I and Like I said, there none of like, my ranking, even if they're at the bottom, aren't ones that I'm like, oh, these are awful. Mm. It's just like, I thought it was fine. Um, thought it was, it was fun. I did really love the back and forth light and dark concept that mm. they did. I loved that. I just think overall it was fine. 
What do you got for number eight, Caleb? Uh, number eight, I actually just moved it um, after all this discussion, <laughs> which is frequent um, for me to change my opinions. But I actually moved Bandits of Gorak down. Uh, Golok! Golok. <laughs> Whatever. Golok. Uh, whoa. Um, yeah, I moved that down to seven. It was it was higher than that, but I, I moved it down. So we're looking for number eight right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, that's the episode. Yeah, so number eight. You had it at seven. Now it's I had it higher than that. I'm just okay. thinking in my head, I have it listed as seven. I see. So it's, but it is. Reg- so, so the what episode, do you have written down? <laughs> the episode number is episode seven, and it's. Oh, uh, okay. I see. That's, yes. that's, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, and for my number eight is the pit. So we have our two bottom two of the same. Um, yeah, the pit is fine. I love the character. I love the, the the sheer quantity of work they put into it, and that that um, oh, now I want to totally blank on the word. The uh, time lapse sequence, phenomenal. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, other than that, it didn't quite land for me. Uh, Rachel, what do you got at number seven? Oh, song. Oh no. Oh, you think that's the hottest take? I'll I'll you one. Um, Is this your number seven? And my number seven. In the stars. Now, ironically, I have in the stars at five, which is not that much higher. But like, I think once we get above seven, they, they, I really like my one through six. Man, Rachel is really mad at you, though. I think that episode, it was like, it's okay. That's why you're a guest. Uh, <laughs> well, okay, listen. Like, it's this is first. I want to hear from Rachel just real fast. Uh, what did not land for you about O's song? I just thought it was fine. Yeah, no, nothing. I didn't think it was stellar. Mm-hmm. I, I, I j- just me personally. Sure. I think I thought it was fine. It was cute. I, it was cute. I just think it was, it was fine. It didn't do anything wrong. It just for mm-hmm. me didn't. It yeah, it didn't do anything wrong. Just for me, it just didn't stick out comparatively to the other ones that I like. So this will be the first time we're getting into Caleb hearing Caleb's opinions on episodes outside of what we talked about today. So give us your opinions on In the Stars. We both absolutely loved it. it Big hit for us while we talked about it. I know. I, I when I listened to the episode, I had already. <laughs> so in preparation for this episode, I'd listened to the last two, and I'd also um, gone through the other episodes of Visions. That way, I, I knew, you know, I'd seen them all. Did his homework. <laughs> and I did my homework exactly. And um, I went, oh no, because I'd already by the time I listened to your episodes, I had composed my list, and I went, oh no. I'm actually glad you did that though. Oh, that you absolutely. composed your list yeah. before listening to us word vomit. We're, we're very happy for, you for to four have hours. Your so own personal opinion. We have a we have a mutual friend Megan who has a hot take about my uh, my neighbor Totoro, and I hate that I am even like disliking um, in the stars for a similar reason. But like Megan, like fundamentally the, the sister dynamic, like does not land for her at all. And like, she really doesn't like it. And for me, I found in the stars, I found the younger sister, very nagging, very annoying. <laughs> and so I was just like, no, no, just let her go. Just let her like mm. get her chuck, you know, get chucked off the, <laughs> and that was the first instance actually of our, uh, that was the first instance of our trope throughout this season of people mm. getting thrown off of high places and then getting saved by the force. They were inspired <laughs> by Bad Batch season two. <laughs> so it just fundamentally, like maybe I should credit higher just for stop motion and how impressive that is. Like I clearly I, I'm not giving enough credit to that uh, the amount of work that, that was. But it, man, the the characters and that just did not land for me, and I just did not care for the resolution or any of that so it just yeah fundamentally did not land with me that episode and that that's really understandable because like anything with a character relationship at its core if you don't feel that chemistry works um or you find a character annoying like it's kind of hard to fully 
explain like how characters annoying in a good way or a bad way because obviously it's a little sister she's supposed to be annoying but whether it's endearing or actually annoying that's the the gap there that you have to bridge for me it's endearing but it being annoying totally understandable you mentioned a character falling off the edge it reminded me and rachel mentioned bad bad season two to add to our list of characters who fell off into <laughs> infinite abysses and are continually falling like uh will call and wilco wilco and uh echo or tech sorry, tech <laughs> so seemingly tech for the time being i hope he stays i there. uh started re-watching rebels uh, with my fiance and without me <laughs> <laughs> i'm kidding and I'm kidding. <laughs> uh in the second episode i had totally forgotten that uh callus is like hanging on like a thing and there's another stormtrooper there and he kicks that other stormtrooper out of spite and he just falls <laughs> that stormtrooper is also fell falling uh, infinitely and for the time until, until otherwise the confirmed. force uh, comes and saves uh, again. Exactly. i am a callous apologist <laughs> um so anyways number seven for me is i just, I, I just want to add please, real quickly uh, Megan, I hate that I'm sympathizing with this view. I still think your total <laughs> opinion is totally wrong. And I hate that I can sympathize with your view. Well, you'll give response for her when she listens in three months. <laughs> uh, my number seven we you, Megan. <laughs> is I We all love you, Megan. I am your mother. Um, good episode. I really wanted to like this episode. It's made by Ardman. It's, stop mo- it's claymation. I love their style. I think they're some of the funniest storytellers on the planet. And that's why I didn't like this one as much because it just wasn't that funny to me i want more star wars comedy intentional comedy there's lots of accidental comedy in star wars but i would love some more like really good solid comedy told in the star wars universe i think there's obviously tons of uh material there and i was really bummed this is not that up funny. in the star wars world can you imagine some comedian heckling a stormtrooper in the front row where are you and fr- then getting shot where, where where are you from i'm from alderaan mm. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> he turned into Yoda there for a second. <laughs> See, I almost did the impersonation when I read last week, so I could differentiate between Oda, Yoda and Obi Wan. But I was joke. like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go. Is that season him, seven of the Mandalorian? Not. Is uh, Grogu becomes a stand-up comedian? <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch it. The stand-up Lorian? No, I wouldn't. He just stand up to the Mandalorian. <laughs> the Comedalorian. The Comedalorian. <laughs> oh. Anyways, Rachel, what's your number six? Bandits of Golok. Um. Yeah, I think I, we've covered that pretty thoroughly like today. Anything else you want to add? I like what they tried. I like what they tried to do. I thought I did think um, the environments of that were really gorgeous. Oh, totally. Where I and you know what? I think the aliens, were, like the non-human characters, are actually done really well. Sure. Um, I think like the stormtroopers looked great. The inquisitor looked great. I think our main characters with the hyperrealism is where it kind of mm-hmm. started to fall apart. Love the old lady duking it out with that inquisitor. <laughs> uh, mm. love that. Caleb, what's your number six? Uh, number six is I am your mother. Um, I think you covered the episode very well. I thought it was very funny. I think I texted you about chortling every time. Um, the British, the, everyone, anyone, anytime anyone spoke, it was just funny to listen to them speak. It was, it was very fun, just like British uh, kids cartoon kind of stuff. Hmm. And so that was fun. But like it, it said very, very little. It was, you mm-hmm. know, kind of mirthless entertainment. Sure. Almost. Uh, mirthless. Is a the mirthless wrong word. chuckle, perhaps. A mirthless chuckle, perhaps. <laughs> no, forgive me. I'm using the. I'm using that incorrectly. <laughs> um, my number six is Journey of the Dark Head. Um, this is pretty much just because I don't think it's as amazing as my top five. Um, Journey of the Dark Head was the episode with the uh, young woman who was from the planet where they could like see the future, and the young Jedi traveling to try to destroy the the dark side uh, statue. I thought this was like animation 
like nine or a ten. Visually stunning. It just was a very straightforward. Like we've this is a very straightforward Star Wars story, which I almost really enjoyed to an extent. To see like this, like to see someone just like do like what is Star Wars? Like if like if an AI generated a Star Wars story, it'd be this. (laughs) Uh, Not a bad way. It was like wow. Like this is like beat for beat a Star Wars story, which I really enjoyed. And that's this is probably one light haired Jedi boy, dark haired Mm -hmm. blaster girl. (laughs) This is definitely one though. I would gladly watch more of. Like I actually really liked their character interactions, and I would gladly watch more of these characters. But it just this while the animation is top tier, the story did is why it lands at number six and not higher. Rachel, what's your number five? <laughs> Rachel just squinted at her phone like a grandma. <laughs> I am your mother. Yep. Anything else to say about it? I really, I liked the dynamic between um, the girl whose name, the character, and her mom. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just kind of like. It is I, very sweet. It's very, I, that's why I liked it. I really like because when their daughter was like, "Mom, you're embarrassing me," and her mom instead of, I don't know. I feel like sometimes like hmm. there there are two pathways to take sure. in the character. Like you got the Freaky Friday zone where like, "Mom, you're embarrassing me," and the mom is like, "I don't care. I'm your mom," and her mom. I don't know. It was just very sympathetic and was like, "I didn't realize I was doing that too." It was just very sweet. Um, points for Wedge. Antilles, yeah, even though wedge. even though they did him so dirty, I, really, I like that wedge. It's his so hair good. looks real rough. Also, props for canonizing space underwear. Take that, George and, Lucas. Okay, it isn't canon. None of this is canon. Absolutely zero percent of visions is canon. Carrie Fisher would have loved it. That's true. Carrie That's Fisher would have been tweeting. George Lucas told me underwear didn't exist in space. What is the context for that original quote? Because. George Lucas, a little bit of a strange relationship with his female characters, for whatever reason. For con- for dish- if, uh, continue. For whatever reason, didn't want Leia to have a bra, and when Padme, uh, when the actress Carrie Fisher asked why, George Lucas said they don't wear underwear in Star Wars, in space. <laughs> also, weird, for such an asexual writer, for <laughs> such a for such a man afraid of human relationships in his films. A very strange choice for him. Also further context. George Lucas is the reason that our first initial view of Ahsoka of 12, 13 year old Ahsoka puts her in a tube top and a miniskirt. Because every time because Ahsoka is Dave Filoni's baby. That is his original character. That is his OC. And so every time someone asks him, why in the world did you do that? He immediately is like, these are the original sketches I had. George Lucas did that. Immediately. He goes, this, that is not what I envisioned her. And he'll, he'll pull up the photos. And he's like, George Lucas did that. <laughs> so, but it was very sweet. I loved it. Caleb, you're number five. My number five is um, actually number five, Journey to the Dark Head. Um, I think I, <sighs> I, I, I like, I like this world. It's, it's one that I like, I got immersed in and like yeah it's kind of flat there's not i kind of like the the twist at the end it's not really a twist but i like that theme of like you can't the dark and the light are kind of mm. inside uh, inside everyone which is true there are two wolves inside of you <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> there are two space statues inside of you <laughs> and so two i like that theme. <laughs> <laughs> i think the two characters are fine i think 
season one had some better like uh, buddy cop kind of stuff going on. Mm. Um, I can't remember the name of the episode, but it was very fun. But they had like a burned out Jedi Master, and I really liked him. I liked the Peter B. Parker vibes that he was giving off. <laughs> and so like this was this was fine. I liked the dynamic between the two characters, and so I could be like, oh yeah, I'd, I'd watch more of this. So it, it made up to number five for me for that. Nice. And my number five is in the stars. Love it. I think it's incredible. I think the fact that this is number five really shows how good these are on whole. Stop motion, some of the best I've ever seen. Incredible a blending of CGI and stop motion. Oftentimes, um, if you start to throw in mixed media like that, um, one is clearly not as good as the other. Especially if you have stop motion studio, their CGI might not be as good, so it'll really stand out. I think they blended really nicely. Um, don't don't really have any faults towards it. It's just it's a little predictable, as you talked about. It's it's like it's not the strongest character work. The older sister is for most of the episode just a fairly average stoic character, but I do think that it really accentuates at the ending when she does have her emotional breakthrough at the end. I think that makes it work really well. Um, number four, Rachel. The pit. The pit. Oh wow, it's oh, wow. really quite high for you. I like I said, I really enjoy the stories in Star Wars that are not mm-hmm. okay. I like I said, like like in the Bandits of Goak, I love when Jedi show up out of nowhere just decimate the battlefield. I love that. I equally love <laughs> stories about the normal people in Star Wars. Mm. I equally love these stories of normal people fighting against the Empire, doing what they can. Um I kind of I thought actually this is not terrible. I I think you know going into it we're all like oh you know Crux is the main character. They kill him. Sure. I think that's a bold choice. I I don't know. I think the unexpectedness of me was like oh where are we gonna go from here? Because it almost mm. makes you think are, is this one of those like there is no hope kind of mm. things. But it very similar. Um, uh. I really enjoyed it. And I think there's kind of something to be said. And we've seen this a lot with visions where we, um, a lot of focus on younger child characters, a lot of this like next generation kind of, you know, pushing for the older generations who might be a little jaded at their spot at this point, um, pushing forward against expectations or, um, the usual in order to fight back. So I enjoyed it. Nice. Caleb, what is your number four? Number four for me is Sith. Um, liked it visually. Um, this is the part where, like, my this is where my list goes from like it's all right to I, I like this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's only really the top four that I really like, and especially the top two are the ones that man I really thought those were excellent. Um, but yeah, I, I like this one quite a bit. Um, I I really enjoy the animation of this one. I loved how it integrated itself into the story. So yeah, yeah, it's got. Um... I'll talk about it in a minute because it's, it's about to be mine. But number four for me is Creatures Reach. Um, a really excellent 2D animated, uh, probably hand-drawn uh, animation. Um, uses its characters well. Very memorable, likable characters. A nice little twist at the end. Nice look at, like, different kinds of Sith. Um, it's just all around a great story. Great animation. That Sith looked like the owl librarian from Avatar The Last Night Render. <laughs> Thank you. You actually get this reference. <laughs> yeah. No, okay, Rachel, what is your number three? Screechers Reach. Very nice. Um, I mean, I loved it. It was fun. It was an all-around likable group of kids um, who've been dealt not the best hand in life, and we kind of see how 
they choose to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe Doll, the main character, just doesn't quite understand the Sith, or she sees an out and she's willing to do whatever it takes. One thing that I really loved was so when Doll is left alone, trapped in the cave, there's an excellent part of the animation where the only um, it's all black except for the red lightsaber and the light that mm-hmm. comes out of it. You can't replicate that in 3D. You can't mm-hmm. replicate that mm-hmm. in CGI. Mm-hmm. Not well. Um, so I just loved that stark contrast. So artfully yeah. done. Yeah, dark darkness is really hard to capture. In film, it's almost always just literally darkening the footage, and you can always tell there's a very bright light source anyways. It doesn't make any literal sense. CGI, probably something somewhat similar. Hand-drawn, you can have the nice, like, sketchy, like... You can tell that it's darkness, and mm-hmm. you can you can create bold outlines, and you can really capture it. I like that a lot. Good observation. What were you going to say, Caleb? Oh, I think that was number three. I think you might have said number four. Or for for you asked her what the number four was. I think it was number three, right? Oh, no. we're on number three. Yeah, yeah, that, on, yeah. That was my number three. Because the three. pit was yeah. my number four. Yeah. No, you answered it correctly. I think you just might have said uh, four. Oh, very possibly. Anyways, Caleb, what is your number three? Um, Scoots' reach. <laughs> very good. Very cool. <laughs> uh, what? What do you think about uh, it? The only thing additional I'd like to add, I think everything you've said, spot on, all, all the reasons already said, I just wanted to add one bit that I, I thought was very funny, um, that this led to the joke that uh, <laughs> there are only two Irish stories. Um, <laughs> one of them is about leaving Ireland, and those are the happy stories, and the other is about not being able to leave Ireland, and those are the sad, depressed stories. And mm-hmm. so this is the former. Um, this also has the bit where uh, children yearn for the mines, and that is also, <laughs> there are two themes that are throughout all of uh, this season of Visions, and it is the children yearn for the mines, and most of the time, <laughs> if you take a fall, um, you'll get saved by the Force. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very true. Uh, my number three is the Sith, which we've already talked about quite a bit. Um, this one is not as strong as a, of a narrative for me. The animation and the way they use animation really puts this one super high up there. The dark and the and the light and the the way they play with space and characters being in different spaces simultaneously is so interesting. Character design, top tier. It's got a fun robot friend, which is always oh. a, a big uh, win for me. Um, really fun use of the uh, the cycle bike. Um, I, narratively, though, I. I'm sure there's lots of expanded universe that deal with people turning from the dark side to the light side, but in the mainline stuff, it normally results in you dying. If you if you go from the dark side to the, to the light side, you're pretty much instantly killed because those characters are typically irredeemable. There's like you cannot have a society that allows someone like Darth Vader or Kylo Ren to continue to live you know, after a, what they've done. You know, has a really good redemption story. <sighs> He's not dark side, <laughs> Callus. Yes, I know. Um, so that's I, I, my bit in this podcast. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Uh, I love your commitment to bit, Rachel. Um, I just uh, love getting to deal with a character who's both an artist, which I thought was really interesting, and uh, representation, how, and uh, that she was a former dark side user, and so that just really landed it high for me. Uh, Rachel, number two for you, spy dancer, um, gorgeous. If I had a nickel for each time we saw two similar nope looking imagery <laughs> and visions season two i'd have two nickels one of the sith ship and creatures re- reach and when she and when the dancer first comes down and flares her dress out very much looked like the alien from nope um but so i i really liked the twist um i really of her finding out the imperial officer is not actually the one who took her son but is her son and was mm-hmm. raised by that man um i really felt like 
her emotions were conveyed very, very well from this hate to um, horror. Um, I just overall really enjoyed it. Also, it was made by, I can't remember the, it was made by the same uh, company that has worked on Primal. Um, So the art style is very unique, um, very fluid. Also watched, enjoyed watching this um, woman, uh, Louis. I think mm-hmm. yep. decimate an entire group of stormtroopers. <laughs> we also got a very thick, thick stormtrooper. Yes. That's a big man. Um, Encore stormtrooper. Uh, forgot their French. Maybe minus points for French. Uh, <laughs> but no, overall, I really enjoyed it. Very good. Caleb, number two. Uh, number two for me um, is uh, Aou's song. Um, I just love it. It was so fluffy. It was so warm. I yeah, I loved the use of 2D. Was fantastic. It, I was just, 3D. You mean? Uh, no, uh, the the two oh. uh, the 2D element of it, where or at least I should say, sorry, I'm getting my animation so I was mixed up. When she's alone with the Kyber crystals, yeah, moment, that is fantastic. I love that. Um, kind of kind of like a minimalism. Yeah, a minimalism. That's a good way to phrase it. Yes, I'm a very tech. I'm a, I'm a very. Uh, <laughs> Skilled in animation, as you can tell. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Very wise to it. The, ex- the residential expert. I am. I am the expert on this podcast, for sure. Mm, uh, I know all the things about the animating things <laughs> that animate. The time um, I wanted to fight your roommate because he said, well, it's just easy. The computer does it for you anyway. <laughs> and he never said that again in my presence. Ooh, good times. If looks could kill, he would have been dead 10 times. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> we love you, Nathan. <laughs> just doxing everyone but no it was fantastic i love it it was so fluffy um dad gets to go to the dad barbecue um so yeah it's dad great. barbecue he just said, talked about this like 15 minutes ago how did i miss this yeah it's all the it's all the good dads in cinema like the, the main one That's that why... started it is uh, massimo and luca he's just so wholesome and we love see. him so much and I so see. he's and like we could definitely see him flipping a burger and like <laughs> kind of like the opening to um king of the hill where they just like stand around and like drink beers like that's kind of the vibe i'm thinking mm-hmm. of uh, but I don't think any of the dads from America, from King of the Hill are uh, are, are invited to the dad barbecue. I'm sorry, Hank? <laughs> I don't know. Hank's a good dad. Maybe, okay, Hank can come. That's fine. They're, they, they are flawed humans. Yeah. Speaking... Hank and Peggy both work through their trauma to raise Bobby, and they do a darn good job. <laughs> I think this is relevant to what you just said about the dad. We forgot to mention that to the South African studio that made that. Yes. And they clearly populated it with, with African voice actors. That the guy who plays the dad is just phenomenal. Like that, that that particular like African dad voice is just so good. Mm. It's very wholesome, very loving, yet very stern, warm, uh, mm-hmm. but warm. Yeah, but very full of emotion. So that was that's a, another good note. Um, do you have anything else you want to say about Osung? No, just fantastic episode. My number two is also Spy Dancer. Um, I mean, they're they're the connection to uh, Ernest and Celestine for me personally uh, yeah. is enough to like make me love something because I love their work. <laughs> the- the the range from Ernest and Celestine uh-huh. to, to Primal to exact polar opposites of animation. Uh, beautiful animation, great storytelling. As it was for me, this probably would have originally landed lower, but as you and I were talking about it last night, last week, Rachel, uh, I was really impressed by your memory of this of the details. I did not catch a lot of these little details, and so I was really glad that we recapped it because it just made me truly realize that the appreciation for storytelling. And not so obvious storytelling. I mean, it was definitely there, but it wasn't it's like characters weren't explaining things. It was in a short amount of time. They got a lot of character done. The, the, you, know, you got all the stuff you love in Star Wars. The world has a personality. The, the characters have personality and motivation. The villains have personality and backstory. And there's both great action and comedy. 
and a very heartfelt, gut-wrenching or heart-wrenching ending. It's absolutely everything you want in Star Wars. Yet hopeful. Absolutely. Um, and so we are to our number ones. Rachel, what's your number one? In the stars. What's so great about it? Why is it your number one? I cried one? at the end. <laughs> I think, I, think um, I, I would love, I wish this was a medium, a visual medium, because I could do my impression of Rachel crying, which is oftentimes her putting her shirt up over her nose to, I don't know why, that's her cry, somehow cry, hiding it's, it's, it's that she's this. crying. It's this, isn't it? Yeah. Even though you are you cry from your eyes, you hide the rest of your face. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's always very sweet. I always love your when you get emotional, Rachel. Blotchy. Um <laughs> If you don't want to know something about me, it doesn't take much for me to cry during film. If the music's good. Uh, yes. Honorable mention, Kung Fu Panda 2, when I cried in front of a entire group of people during it. Anyways. Um, so I love, I really, I honestly was not expecting to love In the Stars as much. I had seen clips from Bandits of Golok, mm-hmm. and I had really thought that was going to be my favorite, mm. and it, it wasn't. Um, in the Stars, and see, I actually like the dynamic of the two sisters because you have this older sister who has experienced the trauma of their people in an entirely different way than the younger sister there's still that cling to hope and almost this like it makes you think of like the you know childlike faith like she, her belief in the stars in the force and in her mother's capabilities is not tarnished by um what befell them and so it's kind of ultimately that hope that pushes, um, well, <laughs> forces her sister to save her, but ultimately kind of pushes forward the step that is necessary for them to defeat the Empire. Um, so I th- I mean, I think it's very sweet dynamic. I think the ending is just very, it's gorgeous. The smog goes away. We see the stars and everything starts to grow again. So also i really like the character designs absolutely a lot of a lot of great stuff there got another general price looking uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. imperial captain though <laughs> caleb what's your number one uh mon episode préféré is uh london sees espion no espion uh which is uh the spy dancer it's fantastic <laughs> it's, it's french i i that's, <laughs> I, I texted Cameron. I said, I love this episode and it's French. And then he texts back and he says, whether those two are connected, the world may never know. Did we make that joke that we, because originally we were hoping you and Megan could podcast with us last week and it just didn't end up working out. And then we started this episode and we were like, oh, for the French. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, to give, uh, sorry, uh, Caleb, to give our uh, listeners who don't know you some perspective, um, what is your relationship to baguettes? To baguettes? Oh, I <laughs> So I, I love the French language. I've been studying the French language. And uh, famously, at least locally famously, um, actually not famously at all. <laughs> this um, is going to dox infamously you amongst his friends. Infamously amongst my friends. At one point, as and I should clarify that. Maybe I won't give the full story of the plot. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. But there are photos of me floating around taking a prom photo with a baguette um, in my arms. I do love my baguettes. I used to um, get them as a snack on the way home from uh, high school. So I know I, I love baguettes. And that's not the only reason I love French, but it is a nice little fun fact. So... Um, it, it helps a lot that it's French. I love, I mean, the fact that it just feels very French. Um, some of the things, I think one of the vo- voice actors literally says, oh, la, la. And it was, like, it was <laughs> very funny. I uh, out loud laughed at that. It just like, it. I love the style of the animation. Mm-hmm. I love just the feel of it. It was, oh, I got very so French. wrapped up in this world. And maybe I just am a European at heart. Maybe that's it. 
Uh, but I just, man, I really just love the way the setting of it. And I thought it was fantastic mm-hmm. storytelling, especially the twist from believing it was I, believing it was the officer who took our son to realizing that it was like that was a fantastic twist and then the ending where he takes off his hat and and his horns have been removed like that did it for me i was like oh my gosh yes and so like easily it it sailed its way into my top spot and like nothing has even uh remotely touched it the rest of the series nice, so yeah nice. love to hear it um for me our song is number one it just like it's adorable Great character animation, great use of, of the animation style uh, to convey its different points, great voice acting, um, great world. I would love to see more of this planet. Oftentimes, a lot of Star Wars planets um, are one uh, biographical feature or just kind of throwaway. Um, I feel like this planet is what the... Now, I'm going to totally blank, Rachel. I'll need your help on a proper noun. The planet that they want to live in uh, in, in, the, in the Bad Bat Season 2. Do you remember, by chance? Oh! Not particularly important. Pop, pop. Pabu? Oh, Pabu! Pabu! Yeah. <laughs> what was that, Rachel? Uh, Caleb? <laughs> I was going to say George Papadopoulos. <laughs> that's, not, that's not correct. Uh, I think this is kind of what Pabu wanted to be. Like, Pabu never felt comfortable to me. Yeah. It always felt just, like, fine. Well, I'm just saying, if... We haven't heard a tsunami in two years. <laughs> oh no, a tsunami! <laughs> like I would actually love to to visit this planet. Um, love to talk to these characters. Maybe before the ATATs. You know. Oh wait, I, no, perfect. sorry, I mixed up. <laughs> I mixed up the episodes we're talking. That about. was Spy Dancer. This is our. Oh yeah, song. that's right. Spy I was Dancer. thinking back to yeah, the French. I would. I would also oh, probably visit Spy Dancer's planet as well. But our song is very likable. An actual likable Jedi. Um, a lot of Jedi come off as arrogant. Uh, I'm going to censor that. <laughs> I had to say it, though. <laughs> um, and Qui-Gon Jinn would like a word. <laughs> <laughs> um, and as for me, just like the sheer excitement of, of the Jedi character stopping all the rocks from falling. I just felt like that felt real to me in the moment of her using her voice. Like I also love there's so much Star Wars that's the same that I love it whenever they do something creative with the pre-existing nature so the force this is such a different exploration of what the force can be using a voice the singing as a force power phenomenal um i just and this is ultimately for me like when i come down to like what's my favorite thing you have these top five that i absolutely love for me what's gonna be my top one the one i would gladly watch again like i would gladly watch that one right now just like that's the one i would want to come back and see all the little details of all the little creatures and background uh details and everything so uh, that that closes out our discussion of Star Wars Visions Volume 2. Um, and that moves us into everyone's favorite segment, Meme Minute. But it's longer than a minute because Caleb is here uh, and he didn't bring any memes, but we have plenty to cover up for him um, in this meme parsec meme. Astro second. Rachel, kick I feel us like off. like a guest who was invited, but he didn't bring anything. He's here, <laughs> but he, doesn't, he didn't bring any memes. Why do you even bring him here? I just assumed you didn't. Um, I got one Transformers meme. I might have two. I don't remember what the TikTok links I copied, but this is a picture of, of um, it says, it's a traffic that says, follow traffic rules. Someone is waiting at home for you. But the follow someone home are in much bigger font. So um, I'm go- I have to, we have to show it to two people. 
Um, so in this image, there are two <laughs> pictures of Optimus Prime. Of Optimus Prime from Bumblebee, and it's captioned, follow traffic rules, someone is waiting at home for you. And the second image is Optimus Prime from The Last Night, Nemesis Prime, just follow someone home. <laughs> um, much better visually than I can explain it, but thought it was, thought it was good. It was very, I was like, good. oof. So... I did not plan ahead properly for this one. I was really excited for this. Um, I got an advertisement on Facebook for a Snapchat filter. And unfortunately, we would not be able to do it this week. Maybe I should have just saved it. No, I'll save it. I'll save it for the next time I can use it. I'm not going to... I'm going to leave that as a little teaser. I This will come up into play another time. Uh, my other meme... Uh, obligatory, not a meme. Uh, <laughs> but a fun element it's not it's whether to it's claiming that it's not a glitch out of jedi survivor have you heard about this rachel um something to do with a rancor i will i'll play for you the clip um and caleb i think you also so this is a uh just some standard jedi survivor footage here and i'll hit play And a, a rancor appears out of nowhere and eats Cal Kestis, and it's pretty glitchy, and so people assume this was a glitch. But a uh, a creator on the the uh, video game retweeted this and said, um, "Let's see if I. Um, of course, that there's a very small chance of what happens below happening." Um, so he said, I love the dynamic patrols that, that Lee did for Star Wars Jedi Survivor. The valleys of Kobo feel so much more alive and changes as you progress the story. And of Not course, cool. there's always a small chance that the following will happen. Talking about the video. So this implies that that is a design feature, not a mistake. That a Rancor can just suddenly appear. Literally Bro, teleport. Now I'm going to walk in fear on Kobo. <laughs> and all so, the ten strings on Kobo. I thought that was very entertaining. <laughs> very good. <laughs> Uh, I thought that was very entertaining and uh, interesting. So not quite a meme, but amusing That's, nonetheless. Now I know. So if it happens to me, we'll talk about it. <laughs> um, I got one. It's captioned 200,000 units already with a million more on, well on the way, which <laughs> anytime you see a video of multiple things and they put the Republic Clone Army March, it's top tier. But this is just an entire line of USPS trucks. <laughs> <laughs> wow that's a lot of usps trucks oh <laughs> uh, it just keeps going it just keeps going <laughs> so if you want to watch the entire minute and a half of that or full minute um you can but it's good so this is a an instagram video and i think it will become pretty apparent why this is Transformers joke, but in this, it's kind of funny, but it's funnier in reference to something that happened previously in the pod. Do you know in Transformers, Sam screams and runs away when he first encounters a Transformer. Oh God, no! This implies that Sam has transphobia. <laughs> we famously played a video that said, when I say get, uh, trans, you say rights. Transformers. <laughs> I that guy makes I love that guy's videos. He's made some good ones. I normally find them not this is so this is at bad movie details. I normally find his jokes not particularly funny. They're really obvious. They're 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 very dry anti jokes. Not quite my cup of tea, but 
in the context of this pod, I thought it was a really funny callback. This is I won't play this, but it's it says reason. <laughs> Three hundred sixty-four thousand seven hundred fifty-seven. Why Rebels is the best and funniest Star Wars content there is, and it's in season three from Inside Man when Ezra throws Callus through. <laughs> Do you want to play it? I would love. This to is see my it. favorite. This is David Oyelowo. Oh, okay. I just have to make this look convincing. Okay. That's just an incredible use of framing. Like, the framing is the whole joke. I won't hesitate. <laughs> um, so this this is um, a comic of sorts. Um, Luke says, I don't feel my legs. Or I think the English is wrong. I can't feel my legs. Obi-Wan says, just like your father. Luke, what? <laughs> Obi-Wan, what? <laughs> there's also there's a bunch of other memes like this. There's, like, there's one where Obi-Wan's like, mm, I remember your father. Good man. Good pilot flammable <laughs> i just like the idea of obi-wan just through the series of of episode four throwing like little jabs at anakin like that i remember the last time i saw your father kicking and screaming on fire <laughs> there's another one where he's like obi-wan encounters vader's like last time i saw you i thought i made you shorter <laughs> <laughs> he's good at doing that to his enemies <laughs> um so because we don't have a lot i did okay so i'm gonna be honest i don't have a lot of memes because uh one i haven't really been on the internet as much because legend of zelda tears of the kingdom came out and i'm trying to avoid spoilers um two tears of the kingdom came out and i'm trying to avoid spoilers and three uh tears of the kingdom came out and i'm trying to avoid spoilers four jedi survivor came out and i'm trying to avoid spoilers uh, fair enough so I've kind of procured some Andor memes, which is nice. my favorite live action show. So this says Rebel Alliance at 100% strength, Rebel Alliance at 99% strength. And it is a picture of the Rebel Alliance meeting room at the 100%. And then the bottom picture is Luthen from uh-huh. Andor as 99% Very strength. Very powerful man. You know this actor, right? Um, Stellan Skarsgård. Stellan Skarsgård. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. <laughs> phenomenal character there are like five different actors that were in chernobyl that are also in andor oh wow there are many he's, i should make a thread about that he's on kind Twitter. of the same character he's in andor in in uh chernobyl. chernobyl except for you would expect that character would be an imperial except for he's a rebel oh interesting um so kind of in line with the thrawn jokes we were making earlier um so you would know from our recaps but the villain of mandalorian season three he cloned himself and that was a big plot point in that show. And so this says, leaked rumor. The Ahsoka show is going to reveal that Thrawn cloned himself just so he could start a performance art group. Oh my <laughs> and it's a picture of the blue man group. Oh, no. <laughs> Should be the blue shrimp. Uh, no, get on the, get on the Thrawn the prawn uh, uh, bandwagon. We're going to get it started. Um, get, release the prawn cut. That's all I'm the saying. The prawn cut. <laughs> um, so this is a WWE meme. So I have a lot of memes about the finale of Andor just because they're so good. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's Brasso who held Martha's brick and it's on the WWE stage. Are you I feel like I don't know if I should read it. You might have to censor it. That's fine. I'll censor it. So it's gonna be loud because I have to read it as a WWE. <laughs> Are you ready? Yes. And here comes Brasso with Marva's ashes. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's cheering. 
Thank you. Yeah. I just, you have, you gotta have, it's the, the impact. Mm-hmm. That, that's really fun. So I think Caleb will especially appreciate this one. Uh, I found this one just like just before we started podcasting. Um, it's simply a, uh, a parody of a podcast. Gosh, parody of an album cover. And it says Weezer. And it's got Grievous, <laughs> Vader, Plo Koon, and uh, the cameo king himself, whose name I'm Saw totally blanking Gre- on, Saw Gerrera. Ah, we can't escape him. <laughs> All very wheezy characters. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, more Brasso content. Oh, my gosh. You're have two comedy points. Very good. Thank you. I didn't make it, but I did make some. My next one, I did make I that. made. I have two that I've made. Um, so more Brasso content, having a normal funeral, caving in fascist schools with the ashes of the deceased. <laughs> <laughs> so many good brick memes. Oh my God. So I, have I, I made a meme based off an earlier, uh, conversation when we were talking about the prawn. Um, I knew there was a famous prawn character. I just couldn't quite pin it down. So I just Google searched prawn character and he came up and you might not know he's a prawn. You're talking about Mr. Krabs. No. <laughs> Not so what a prawn is. No, so this just um is a this famous prawn character edited blue and says drawn the prawn. <laughs> <laughs> it's the famous Muppet prawn Pepe is his Pepe, name. Yeah. Pepe oh the prawn. Yes. Oh. Um, oh very, and good. very good. I I just very I just colored in blue is all I did. And <laughs> very so. low effort meme, but very good. Very good. <laughs> Thank very good. You. Did you make that on the <laughs> I did. Yeah. I made that. Very good. Um more indoor content picture of marva's hologram funeral hologram commander brasso the time has come execute order ferrixy bricks <laughs> oh my gosh oh my gosh so someone's yeah. going to look at our meme minute and be like did you guys just not watch it <laughs> yeah i was about to say this is very out of date um i won't show too much. i just kind of copied a bunch um do you have more uh i am out of memes ah Okay, um, this one is one of my favorite. It's that scene of Wanda and Thanos in Endgame. Where Wanda's like, you took everything from me. And Thanos like, I don't even know who you are. And it's um, Surreal and Andor. <laughs> Very good. As Wanda and Thanos, respectively. Um, don't don't forget to do the one that I asked you to close out I, with. I have, I have three more. Tell me before be you. I'll, I'll cue it up. Oh, okay, okay. So I have two more and then that one. Okay. Okay, so this, this is the infamous uh, Mr. Incredible meme. Where he's happy and then not happy. It's this more Andor. There are no alien prisoners. Happy, and then there are no alien prisoners. Realization that uh-huh. the Empire doesn't imprison aliens; <laughs> they just kill them. <laughs> this is a home. I have two homegrown means, and then I'm done. Okay. So I have noticed a trend in the rebellion when it comes to um, Imperial defectors. Mm-hmm. We are three for three on redhead imperial defectors. <laughs> we first see uh, spoilers for Rebel season three, <laughs> which we've done a lot already. Yeah, um, when Callus defects uh, to the rebellion, mm. General Hux um, mm. discount Agent Callus, if you ask me, defects <laughs> to uh, the resistance and then promptly gets got. Um, uh, defects mm. and then we see the imperial i almost said ibs the imperial isb agent oh. that, uh we see speaking with luthan and giving information it's where we see luthan's just phenomenal monologue of i you know if you haven't seen Andor, watch it but anyways i made this good meme of the shot from 
Revenge of the Sith, where General Grievous <laughs> takes their lightsabers. This will make a fine addition to my collection and captioned it The Rebellion and put in like the heads of those three characters. It like wears lightsabers. But I just think that's I think I'm hilarious. So I made that because there's a trend. And if there are more, I will add more to it. Oh my goodness. Um so I've got my last meme queued up. Go for it. Oh, so I'm gonna, yes. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, give some context for this. So this is gonna be the last episode before Ever. I am married. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> I really hope not. I, we I can't plan to hang out it. after you get married. But this is gonna be the last episode before I'm married, and then I will be gone for two weeks for my honeymoon. Um, and so this is a meme that Rachel made uh, the day that she learned that I was engaged, which was the same day that I got engaged. Back in November, <laughs> and she sent this to me. This meme shortly after. So, um, is infamous picture. Uh, this is the epi- This is the day that Andor season ten uh, aired the, the the jailbreak episode. So, like the you know the hypest episode really up until the finale, and we watched them individually because Cameron was gone, and so I had texted him, "Hey, have you seen Andor yet?" And I think about an hour, and you didn't respond, which was fine. <laughs> and an hour later, you post in our group chat that you had proposed. <laughs> and so I have this picture from SpongeBob where Squidward is standing at the cat Krabby Patty register, and SpongeBob is bursting out of the wall behind him, captioned Squidward as Cameron proposing to the love of his life. And then, hey, have you seen Andor yet? <laughs> <laughs> Because I needed to know. And then I realized, oh. <laughs> and of course, you know, cue, cue the congratulations text. But it was just very funny timing. I'm, I'm glad we could reuse that, that meme that it became relevant. I again. saw it the other day and I was like, mm, top tier. So that brings us to the end of our longest episode ever. Having to be part of it and part of the cause. Our, our first ever guest. So you made history tonight, Caleb. Um, I feel very special. And it's the last one before it sounds like a hiatus. So I feel uh, very honored. Yeah. To be um, you're one of the few people on this planet who will notice that there's been a hiatus. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there any last notes you want to share? Any podcasts you want to plug? Any Anything you want to say? Specifically ours. <laughs> Specifically? That, um uh, I suppose I can uh, plug the other podcasts of other friends I know who are making podcasts. Go for it. Sure. Um, so along with Rebels and Robots, um, if you're interested in good, um, still middle of... Good? Um, is this not good? No, I'm, I'm saying uh, other, other good stuff. <laughs> other good, but this is other content. This is good uh, farming content. Um, you can listen to uh, Let Them Eat Grass by Austin Williams, who is a uh, mutual friend. That's okay. It's not it's doxing. If he, uh, yeah, totally. If if uh, he gives his name, so yeah, that's you can find that on Spotify. That's very good. We should have um, him on to talk about Star Wars agriculture, <laughs> moisture farming. Ha! Interesting moisture farming episode. That could be interesting. And then uh, if you want just some interesting Nebraska content uh, for one more episode, their finale episode is next week, um, three a.m. in the afternoon. A friend from just ages ago, one of my best mates, going all, uh, way way back. Um, ironically, his name is Nathan. I have a lot of good friends who you are named do. Nathan. And so, um, we just, never know which one you're talking about. <laughs> no, especially when I can't say the last names. Um, so that's all uh, real, real good stuff. Uh, I recommend um, both those podcasts. And yeah, those are my uh, local podcasts to definitely plug. But um, if you're making a podcast um, and you want someone to plug them, um, I'm usually a pretty good source. I try and be good about that. I like to spread the word about all my friends. So yeah, yeah good, thank you good all plugs. so much for uh, having me on. This was, this was fantastic. 
we're very very happy to have you on caleb and uh this is a special occasion because you're in town you don't live i mean as we mentioned previously you live in i I, I considered saying it then intentionally censoring it but i'm just gonna not say it it's funnier um (laughs) you don't you don't live in the same state as us and so it's it's great to have you here (laughs) um so very special occasion um, we wanted to have you on last week, and it just didn't work out. So we're very—I appreciate you driving into town to, to see us. Um, well worth it. As always, thank you to Caleb Jacoby for our intro and outro music. We can dox him. Props to Rachel for our artwork and Twitter account um, at Rebels Robots Pod. Uh, Caleb, do you want to? Do you have any funny quick stories you can tell about Caleb Jacoby? Um, especially if it's related to music at all or anything. Oh my goodness! Just uh, I, I just remember for a particular talent show he composed. Um, just he he loves composing things. It makes sense that he did this for you all. He just needs jobs, honestly, for him to compose. And so he made for his talent. He made an electric guitar rendition of "Never Gonna Give You Up." And I think if you weren't listening close enough, you think it would just be a very good electric guitar performance. But if you were listening close enough, he definitely incorporated the full song, or at least the full uh, main chorus in there. And it was. Very indicative of just who he is. He's a wildly talented musician, and he has a very uh, particular sense of humor. And so it, it's, it's <laughs> an excellent instance of who Jake Caleb Jacoby is. So very yeah, <laughs> super good. Um, give us something to read on the pod. Leave a review, tweet, or DM us memes or opinions. Uh, Caleb, you mentioned before we started recording that you have yet to leave a review. So now you have to leave a review so we can read it off on the pod <laughs> next week. You're legally obligated. <laughs> I can do that. Um, I'll do it for the next, uh, not next week, but whenever you guys have a pod again. That gives absolutely. me a little bit more time. Yes. <laughs> it gives you a couple weeks. Our next episode. We're no, going to be talking about Rise next. Unfortunately, not our next episode. Two episodes from now. Because when we come back, it will be Wednesday the uh, 7th. And Rise of the Beast comes out the ninth. I thought it came out the fourth. Oh, I could be wrong. Let's let's look it up. I'm pretty sure. Let's let's uh, double check. Rise of the Beast. Well, so I will be really in different. I time will zone search by Rise then. of the Beasts. Uh, Rise of the Beast comes out June 9th. Ah. So okay. um, it will be. So we are very close. So I think our next episode we should, uh, we should probably watch the original animated film, probably. Oh, yeah. I and, was going to say, we have to watch Transformers. Yeah, I think we should watch the original animated film. It would be a good that. idea. We'll, we'll definitely be back with Transformers content on our, our next episode um, next week. Um, so uh, you'll, we'll have a hiatus, and then we'll come back and we'll talk Transformers and a new movie that's hopefully good, or at least interesting enough to talk about. <sighs> and we'll if it's see. not, then we can wait with bated breath for the one next year. And um, so that, uh, look forward to seeing, hearing from you guys, seeing you, hearing you. Whatever you uh, faithful fans, 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 (laughs) we're going on over two hours. I'm starting to run out of words. This is Cameron and Rachel and Caleb signing off saying this podcast survived despite Rachel interrupting Cameron's engagement and Caleb wanting to be French and hopefully Cameron getting married. Good night, everyone. Good night.